You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Welcome to the World Football Program. Shuffle those papers, Shuffle those lads. <laughs> That's me. That's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got Penn, Jim and Hugh in the studio for the next two hours talking a lot of football and, yes, a lot of women's football. There is a Women's World Cup coming is up. It? But if no is one it? else is going to be talking about it, we're going to damn well be talking about it, all right? Yeah. I was very disappointed to listen into another radio station, a very commercial radio station Uh-oh. during the week, and they were talking about the prolifer of, of uh, sporting events that are happening in the landscape and I'm going, yes, and the next one they're going to say is the Women's World Cup and then the next one they're going to say is the Women's World Cup and they didn't. And I'm like, come on, are you serious? That's because so, the whole world knows it's going to be on so you don't need to advertise any more FIFA do with that all by themselves. Yeah, all right. This is one of the right. <laughs> radio Fremantle. So we're here until 12 o'clock today. You can catch us on our podcast or you can listen live on streaming on Radio Fremantle. The stream uh, is live for all the, the shows throughout the week and our podcast in the worldfootballprogram.com.au website. It goes up live not so long after the show finishes. Thanks to Nick Templeman there. What a legend that man is. Yes, keeps us ticking over in the IT space, whatever that means. Nick knows what that means completely. Thank you very much to everyone for joining us. We do appreciate everyone who partners up with us, Futsal WA and Greg Farrell and all the wonderful news and information that he gives us both in the futsal space and the women's football space. I say women's soccer a lot there and I'm probably going to say it a lot more in today's show because some of the guests that we've got have transitioned through that soccer space to the football space. So, And I've been doing a bit of work with the WA um, State Library and a lot of the conversation we have is about soccer, like pioneering in the soccer days. So it's relevant, OK? Um, and also Gate and Hardware. And Oswald Fencing and Wrought Iron. Good. S- sorry, Penn. Uh, you know, excellent. We thank those sponsors for helping us out. I'm always good at soccer. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm the other way around. I'm having 
issues calling it football. Because <laughs> Especially when the footy season's yeah, on, right? Yeah, well, yeah. No, no, that's just the Australian enemy. That's, You're weird. No, 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 again, <laughs> I, 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 again there's, there's very few countries in the world, and Zach and myself, uh, those that listened last week, you know, uh, I, I did put on the uh, soccer um, accent there, but, yeah, the, it, us and the, and the Yanks, and I can't think of too many other... Well, maybe the, the Kiwis as well that, that actually call it soccer. Everywhere Maybe. else in the world, it's football. You know where it comes from, don't you, soccer? Uh, it's short, shortened association. Yeah, association yeah. football. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's come from the word association, soccer. I was yeah. going to go down the socks there. We were talking <laughs> shirts earlier. Like, hang on, Jim's got me down the socks here. Oh, Our line-up yes. this week, lads, consists of Elisa DeVidio, yep. former Perth Glory player and now working with Perth Glory and now working with FIFA, yep. uh, otherwise called by myself... Uh, vids. So if you hear Vids, that's Elisa to video. She'll be joining us. Sarah Duplessis, Football West female football mm-hmm. and advocacy position officer. Oh my God. That's that's a, a long title, right? Yep. I'm sure Sarah will clear that up for us. And uh, Jude Pettit, Jay, who played football way back in the 70s when it first started here in Perth. And been doing a bit of research on when the first competitions were. Nineteen seventy-two, it started here. Was it in wow. yep, in Perth? There was competitions out in the remote areas, um, Collie, Margaret River. There was some pretty early football um, played by Azuri here in Perth. There was um, exhibition games, and they attracted a lot of people too. By the way, this is just women's soccer. Of course, men's soccer has been a little bit more organised for a little bit longer. We're going to have a chat to Peter Rickers, who's the former director of the Specialist Football Program at John Curtin. Now Gavin Brown is the man there. He's been coaching with Mum FC or Melville and moved into that space a while back. As an understudy, I, I hope that's okay to, to say, Gavin, to Peter, and now he's the main man. So lots of football to be chatting about, plus all the normal stuff that we talk about, local football and news, and we've got Jim here who's... Emphasis is Mandurah, his club's Mandurah now. Temporary, yeah, just for a moment, yeah. 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 More, more the Peel region, though, more than oh, just, not just Mandurah, the Peel region itself. Yeah, so. yeah good. And you're also the, um, is it the regional council that you're on and also zone rep? Yep, so the zone rep down there and, uh, yeah, the Peel Regional Football Council. I'm uh, just uh, attend those meetings and just make sure that football's ticking along nicely down there and... Uh, Good way to connect with the community and find out it's, things it's that are happening. Good connection between your authorities and the community and the clubs. Yeah. 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 How does that fit back with Football West, the, the zone rep part? What, what, what's the actual job role there? Yeah, I don't know. With, with me living down, down that way is that whenever there's like a, a, a meeting at Football West, I always try and get up to Perth, attend, and then we have a Pill Regional Football Council meeting the week later and I just report back of what's been going on at that meeting and then hopefully that information gets sent out to the clubs and then the clubs do as what they feel fit to do with that information. Yep, okay. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if many people know there's actually a zone rep out there and, you know, what that means in the whole scheme of football. Mm, yeah. yeah. I know there was um, there was positions that were open for all the standing committee, I think it was zone reps just zone recently. Zone reps as well, yep. yeah. So yeah. you, you put your hand up again. Yep, and so I've just got my uh, next two years of punishment. I mean... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I've just been elected for another uh, two years. So, um, yeah, just to keep a bit of consistency down there. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I've stepped back into the Women's Standing Committee after a, a big break. Yeah, looking forward to that, whatever that means and brings. Yeah. Hmm. Just, uh, you just Well, you're going to be busier than me, I think, for the next six months at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. There's a lot of things happening in the women's soccer 
women's football space, um, like the library display that's coming up, launching July 13, which will be pretty big. There's a panel there, including Tash Rigby and Sandra Brentnell and so forth. And the big display right in the front of the library in the cultural area there. It's been massive. City Vincent's doing something. Um, they've been researching into local football in the area and the State Museum will be doing something. So there's lots happening here, lots of research. The ball's really gathering momentum mm-hmm. in the background, but I'm, I'm still yet to see it hit me in the face when I walk down the street or listen to the radio or watch the TV or just in other conversations other than the, the converted. That's what I think anyway. I think you'll find as well, you'll get the lull while the competition's on and then it'll be after the competition where the interest really kicks in and how many clubs have, have got plans for the, you know, they, they, they claim there's going to be an in you know, People are going to be inundated Maybe. Try, trying to play football. And isn't it at the wrong time? Because it's coming towards the end of our season as well. So, oh, it's, Well, it's yeah. like the the, um, the comment I made earlier about the radio commentator saying that there's all these sporting events on. There is. We're smack, smack bang in the middle of absolutely everything for the next couple of months, mm. and cricket and rugby and whatever else it brings in our landscape. But maybe I'm thinking wrong about preaching to the converted. Maybe... It's the converted. Like, there are a lot of people playing football here and there are a lot of people that follow football and maybe that's all we need to promote it to and advertise it to, not the ones that aren't converted because along the way they might be converted. Mm. But what the heck, we just want to, you know, those millions of people that are already watching the EPL and sign into Optus and Paramount and whatever else, they're the ones that are probably going to watch the games and come along to the games and maybe get a random ticket with their family and whatever. What do you reckon, Hugh? You've been very quiet over there. You're contemplating? Well... No, I, I'm, I'm listening to, to the point you're making. I, I'm, you, you're right. I thought there was more chatter and more um, media coverage when Australia didn't get the Men's World Cup. We've got the World Cup and there's less noise about that than there was, oh, well, you know, allegedly bags of, uh, <coughs> of, of goodies went this way and that way and, and we, didn't get, we didn't get it. And, and yeah, I, I'm thinking back, yeah, that was ten years ago, that that got more than than what we've got now. I see you wearing your, your, your volunteer shirt. Yeah. Very proud um, to wear that, by the way. And, and we've got um, the Olympic qualifiers coming up after the World Cup as well in Perth. So yep. those that uh, were out there going, oh, we don't get to see the Matildas. The Matildas are coming. Yeah. They're, they're double-headers as well. Mm. Which Very is, much looking I, forward I, I, to that. I can't wait for that. There's going to be some absolute cracker games there. Uh, and your ticket, from what I understand, will get two games for the price of one. One of them will be the Matildas. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Guys, we'll go to break and we'll come back and chat more football, of course. We're here until 12 on mm-hmm. 107.9 FM. This is Penn, Jim and Hugh on the World Football Programme. Stay with us and we'll be back very soon. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. 
hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Greatness is all around us. On pitches, fields and playgrounds. At home and far away. It lives in the past and it's in the faces we look up to and in those we see every day. Greatness is all around us. It takes us beyond limitations, beyond possibility. Beyond doubt. Beyond expectations. The only question is, where will it take us next? Welcome back to the World Football Program. Pen, Hugh and Jim in the studio. And I must say congratulations to Anne Gurley, Gosnell's coach, who was um, awarded with National Coach of the yep. Year. How good was that? Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. I think we all know Anne. Anne's mm. been in the football space here for a very long time. Um, good coaching qualifications, good experience, been working with uh, Football West, working with Gosnells Forever, the Linwood Soccer Specialist Program. Um, she's got a um, yeah, network and tentacles in the community for a very long time, so <laughs> absolutely fantastic news there. Congratulations. Yeah, and, well done. And the other thing I did want to mention is the Encyclopedia of Matildas is just been released. Uh, Andrew Howe and Greg Werner. Um, that's the 23 version. So yep. if uh, anyone's interested. So the updated version now. Yep. yep. You, you got Fantastic. It. Yep. So I've been uh, snapping. If I got mine arrived last night. I had it <laughs> ready. So I've, and what uh, page did you want, Pen? Well, you know, <laughs> my mates are in there, so I'm like snapping. This, hey, did you know you're in this? And sending it off. And, yep. So, so Fair Play Publishing, if you want a copy of that. Okay. Moving on to our guest, uh, Alisa DeVideo. Good morning, Vids. How are you going? Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. No problems at all. It's uh, great to have uh, local names on a world stage, not just in the playing area, but yourself from you know, playing here locally in football to Perth Glory to working with FIFA now. How great an adventure is that for you? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, um, something that, you know, I never thought would, you know, the opportunity would come up, but, um, you know, I'm really grateful and um you know, it's so amazing to have FIFA and, and the World Cup Ooh. in Perth um, and in Australia and New Zealand as well. So this is going to be fantastic, not only for the sport, for female football, um, for the country as well. Yeah, I think that for the people on the ground, you know, getting to a game and getting a match tickets electronically is pretty exciting, you know, fist bumping kind of space. But there's a lot of other areas like I'm sitting here in my FIFA <laughs> volunteer shirt that I'm very proud to be wearing. Yep. It's very, it's got so many colours in it. Yeah, no, we've got the sunglasses on, yeah. is that bright? <laughs> I don't think about that. But the, the fact that I'm volunteering in a FIFA World Cup for me is like behind the scenes, like I'll be in the media area and, um, you know, I'll be at matches here at the Perth Stadium. But um, it's all those stories and those connections. There's all these different parts to play in the, in the Women's World mm. Cup vids. Tell us exactly what you'll be doing. What's your role? My role, so my role with um, FIFA, so I've been there for the last month, um, so I'm really grateful to, to Perth Glory for allowing me to, to take this opportunity. 
Um, so I'm the competition operations manager. Um, so I work closely with the match director on game day. We take care of all, all the back of house and, and field of play operations. Um, but funny you, you speak about the, the volunteer clothing because yesterday we, we were actually packing some of the bags and some of the clothing is actually really nice. And it's so mm-hmm. awesome that, you know, the volunteers that are, are taking their time to be involved in such a world-class uh, event um, and, and you know, the incentives that they get and, you know, to, to say thank you for your time. And, you know, so many volunteers, there's about 500 volunteers, I think, that we've got in Perth. Um, and, yeah, it, it's going to be fantastic and, I, and I'm really looking forward to it. Now, 500 volunteers in Perth, and we were just talking about the uh, promotion of the Women's World Cup here and how that we hoped it would be a little better or more in your face here, but then we made the comment that maybe over east is a lot different because there's more games happening over there. They're a bit closer and um, you know, a bit more intense football. So there's probably, you know, we're talking 500 volunteers. That sounds like a lot for games here. There must be so many to coordinate over east. Yeah, absolutely. They They... You know, we, particularly in Sydney, right, they've got two stadiums and, you know, you, you talk about one of the stadiums there that they can fit about 80,000 people. Mm. Um, so it's a massive difference compared to, you know, what Adelaide and Perth can hold. Um, but, yeah, look, we've got volunteers in, in almost every space um, within the stadium, every operational area. Uh, the, the amount of people that have wanted to, to be involved in this event is, is so amazing. It's honestly fantastic. Yep, and uh, not only are you involved with the FIFA Women's World Cup, and I'm not sure how many years of football you've been involved with, but I'm going to say it's a few decades. Um, so in, the, in, that, in that time, I'm being really nice in the way I'm framing that, right? It's, it's a not lot, really. It's a, no, that's a lot not, of experience I'm not, there. I'm not, that, I'm not that old, am I? Yeah, come on now. Hey, you can be starting playing at the age of like four or five these days, so you could be a young spring chicken and still have decades under your belt, young lady, all right? <laughs> this is true, this is true. <laughs> yeah, you could get out of jail card. <laughs> well done. So my point being that you've seen a lot of changes in that time that you've been involved in football and, and your your ride, so to speak, with football has come from the, the club land through to semi-professional football with Perth Glory to um, now working with FIFA. There's a lot of different levels of layers of football there. Yeah, absolutely, and... You know, as you said, I started playing football when I was probably 10 years old um, and I'd I'd play with my brother in the backyard and, you know, we went through um, playing with the boys' teams. Uh, We didn't have opportunities that you see now back then at all. Um, And I say this to my niece all the time, you know, she's 10 and she's just started playing football and, you know, obviously her idol at the moment is Sam Kerr and, you know, I remember when I was that age, we didn't have female you know, as many female role models to look up to as to what they have now. Um, so, you know, we had your, your David Beckhams mm. and your Messies and your Ronaldos. So the the growth is is magnificent and it's phenomenal. And, you know, we're, we're slowly getting there where people are recognising female athletes in the same way that they recognise male athletes as well. And, um, you know, it's only going to get bigger and better. And, you know, I've, I've been through... The, the system of, of coaching and, and playing and, you know, working behind the sport, seeing the challenges that it's faced and now to get where we are um, and to be part of it and, and particularly to have the World Cup, you know, in Australia and in New Zealand is just going to set the tone for what's going to happen in the next five to ten years. 
Yeah, I was having a big old think about what women's World Cup or what women's football now means and and actually is on a global scale. And there's a lot of, I don't know, um, not activations, but like activity in the... Uh, activism, I think. Is, is, <laughs> act, yeah, I think that, I'm not sure if that's actually a word, right? But yes, what, it is. It, it, it is okay. now. So, and it's not about what things are being activated, like what fan forums and sites and games. Yep. It's about all the other stuff off the park vids. It's about um, the inequities, and it's about the the pay and the amateur versus the professional and which countries have professional football and which don't and which still make it to the Women's World Cup and how they use it for a platform for anti-racism and all this kind Mm. of thing. All this stuff is happening because my theory is that the growth of women's soccer has meant that we've engaged more people along the way. So there's people that have platforms that want to speak are engaging with... They're getting on the ride, so to speak. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it stems from, um, I, I think now there's, there's more people following the sport. Um, it, you know, they're not just looking at it where it's just, it's females playing and then it's males playing. It's now they're playing the one sport. Yep. Um, and, and it's taken so long um, for us to get to this point. And people like Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford, you know, they're getting recognised. And they're getting recognised for who they are, not only mm. for who they are, but, you know, what they do out in the park as well. And, um you know, I, I had the West Australian call me during the week and ask me questions about Sam Kerr. And, and one thing I said was, you know, something that she always said was she wanted to make her own name for what she does and how she is a role model for people within the sport. It wasn't about, you know, her brother and, and Daniel Kerr playing for the West Coast Eagles. Yep. She was like, I'm my own person. And that's exactly what she does. She's herself no matter where she goes. And I think showing people who you are as well as playing the sport is such a, a massive difference to those young, you know, young females that are coming through. Yeah, no, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Vids. As you said, when Sam was first coming through, she was Daniel's brother. Yeah. Na- now <laughs> it's Daniel's Sam's sister. sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's nice, isn't it? And look, that, that's, a, that's a change, and it's been a pretty quick change, really, when you consider the lifespan of football, but, you know, we'll take that. If it means that there's mm. more people playing the sport, more people enjoying it, we can have more conversations about it and we can see it on television more, there's more contract sponsorship, there's, there's everything more, really. And is there more to come, Vids, do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, once people start to get the taste of this World Cup and then you've got the qualifiers coming up later on in yep. the year, you know, it's, it's, it's growing every day, every single day, mm. people are getting more invested, you know, people are talking about it, you know, you go last night I was out, you know, with a couple of friends and I bumped into a few older friends and they're speaking about the World Cup and they're speaking about female football and it just wouldn't have happened before, do you yep. know what I mean? Yep. So um, yeah, every day it's growing and, and I think we're going to get to a point where it is it's certainly going to be just the norm of the girls are going to get, you know, recognised the same as the men do. Yep. That's what we want. And um, before we let you go, we did want to have a chat about the Olympic qualifiers that are coming up in October. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's very exciting. I mean, we don't quite, you know, get the Matildas in Perth very often. So we've got those three games. Um, I think we've got October 26th, 29th and the 1st of November. I think that's testing my memory. Um, But, yeah, very exciting at Perth Rectangular Stadium, um, HRF Park there. Um, and hopefully those games are going to get completely filled 
Um, the stadium's going to be filled. Sam Kerr's going to be here, and that's just going to be a massive highlight for, for Perth and, and everyone here. I can't remember the last time the Matildas played in Perth. Um, so I think it's Thailand. Thailand, yep. Yeah. Thailand, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't remember the year. And I, I know that we didn't have many people in the stadium. 2011? No, I think it's a bit later than that. What is it now? 2023? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it'd be five, eight years. Yeah, maybe. 2016, yeah. 15, around. No. Was, you reckon it was earlier? No. Gosh, no. and the fact that we have to think so hard about it is sad, right? Because that means it was too long ago. Yep. So, Vids, what yep. role are you going to be playing there? Are you going to be working, uh, so that's post-Women's World Cup. Do you slip back into a Football West role or a Perth Glory role or a FA role? Or do you have some something to do with that um, set of games happening? Yeah, well, we, we haven't really touched on, on those games yet. Just hopefully we've got to get through this World Cup first. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, it's, it's exciting, but, a, but also a challenge. Um, yeah, so after, after, after World Cup, I'll, I'll slide back into Perth Glory, but definitely um, have some involvement um, in those games. I'd love to. It's exciting and I can't wait. You know, I'm, I'm so passionate about it. And, and like you said, it's, it's been so long that we've had you know the Matildas here, and, mm. and there's no doubt we're going to we're going to fill that stadium absolutely. Vid, can I ask? Uh, uh, we were discussing before you came on that I'm under the impression they're going to be double headers. Is that correct? So, uh, so I, your, your your ticket will get both games rather than just the one because um, I'm looking at. Um, you're talking uh, about the Olympic qualifiers. The Olympic qualifiers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm looking at the the FIFA uh, well, the AFC, and they've actually got um, match day one, and it's got the Australia uh, Iran game, and then after that's the Chinese Taipei versus Philippines. So they're both on the same day. We've only got the one venue that uh, qualifies, Ooh, so nice. it's going to be double headers. Yes. Ooh. Yes, yep. Sensational. Yep. <laughs> Which <would> be very, <laughs> very exciting. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, the, the last question we have, your tip for the Women's World Cup, Vids? No, no. The runners-up. No, the runners-up. Come, Come on, on now. Okay. <laughs> mm. Who's going to be oh. in the final with us? <laughs> Come on now, Pen. <laughs> what country do you think this is? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, look, I, oh, it's a tough one, I think. Uh, you know, you've always got your top kind of four teams there. You've got, your, you know, your Germany. You've got, um, I think, Sweden, yep. um, France, potentially up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping, you know, the Matildas gradually grow. I hope they, they get up there. Um, but I, I'd like to put my money on either England or, or USA. Yeah. Oh, and you're not ever coming back on the yeah, show again. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being honest. I was just being honest. <laughs> I, I said to the crew off air that uh, EA uh, Sports have regularly done a, um, a World Cup prediction using their, their current um, FIFA game and they've got Australia getting knocked out in round of 16 against England, which yep. I'm thinking, wow. that, 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 that's wrong. That's going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> I mean, US are a pretty safe tip, really. I mean, they won the last two. They yep. win three, that's... Uh, out of the men or women, that'll be the only time yep. one team's won yep. three times. Do they get to keep the cup? Like, is that yes. how they get to keep yes. the balls no, no, and everything well, like that? Brazil, no. uh, well, Brazil won the men's World Cup yes. in 70. That was the third time they won. But not the, consecutively. Not but they won that. They kept that trophy and a new trophy was designed. Yep. Yeah, nice. And, and they'll do it again because they're, uh, maybe I'm, I'm misremembering, but uh, when the US won it three times, they then... Kept that trophy. So this is not the the original uh, FIFA World Cup. This is the the new one. As yes. is, we saw there with the, you say the Jules Rimet trophy. Trophy. Yeah. The World Cup that we have now 
is not the original World, World Cup, Cup for men, and I'm yep. on the same opinion that the World Cup we have now for women is not the same World Cup that was initially the World Cup. Yeah, okay. So they'll win it again. They'll have how about that for a trophy cabinet? Yeah. You know, oh look, there's a trophy cabinet. You only got two in there. Yeah. yeah you, right. you, have, you have to win that three <laughs> times to keep it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Very nice. I'll keep the cabinet makers in business. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Vince, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate uh, all the work that you've done to to land the role that you have with FIFA. It's uh, kudos to you and longevity in the game in the nicest kind yep. of way, mate. You've got a hell of a lot of experience to share. So well done. Thank you so much, Penny. Thank you so much for having me, guys. No, no problem. Good luck. Enjoy the weekend. See you, Vids. Ta-da. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye. That was Elisa DeVidio, who yep. is the FIFA competitions coordinator. See, everyone's got these really yeah. long roles. It makes mm. you stop and think about what mm. the heck that is. But, uh, yeah, working with FIFA. Just saying working with yeah. FIFA, right, is yeah. sort of an incredible thing. From playing FIFA backyard in... football at 10 years old to now working yeah. with FIFA. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. I mean, she she's played with some of the the greats of Australian soccer. I mean, you know, uh, Lisa Devanna, Sam Kerr, yep. uh, McCullum. She, yep. she she played with them all. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin Ford. So, you know, she knows the staff. She's you know. yeah, that's right. There was five <laughs> of the Matildas here, including Sam. Yeah. And Alana Kennedy. Yep. Caitlin, who was the other one? There was one more. Mackenzie Arnold might have been Mackenzie. Mackenzie was playing. Uh, let me have a. Let yeah. me have a. Uh, I, I remember all five of them coming down to a girl. Lisa, got, uh, Kate Gill. Kate Gill was up front. I, I remember five of the Perth Glory players coming down to a girl guide session. <laughs> wow. And then I put together. Happy at days, some point. I know, right? <laughs> and all these little girl guides are running around and looking up at Sam. Oh no, maybe it wasn't. Point. Mackenzie was playing for Canberra at that stage, I think. Maybe. I, I remember, yeah, mm. someone will correct yeah. me. Well, it was 2018 sure. anyway with that um, Thailand game. You're kidding. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's 2018. 2018, yeah. It's a while, isn't it? it we is. deserve another fixture here. Yeah. I, I hope that we come out in support of that. We'll get more if we do that. Numbers will tell the story. 26th of March, 2018. Oh, I blame COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just lost years. <laughs> Lads, before we go to our next guest, yep. which is uh, Sarah Duplessis from Football West, um, let's have a talk about local football. Local and football. Um, I know Jim's going to be uh, very happy talking about local football because Manager's doing very well at this moment. They are. Mm. Yes, cracking game today. Um, away at Fremantle City, who are third. So, first versus, or third versus first to get the. Uh, correct terminology, I suppose. And uh, yeah, they've played each other twice already. Night Series final. Was three two to Mandarin, cracking, and then uh, just earlier in the season again another three two. So two cracking games, and we've had no three three of the White Series finals. We went to penalties, didn't it? It's pretty tight at the top of the first division table. So the first division table at the moment, you've got Mandurah, Western Knights, and Fremantle, um, with one going up automatically, and then one via the play, well potentially via the playoffs. Uh, you're probably looking at it's going to be one of those three. Now, um, what do you think of the playoffs, Jim? I love it. Oh, about the time. way that's been initiated. Oh. I think it's yeah. We've we've seen in the in the Bundesliga where uh, often it's the third place team in the Bundesliga stays up, and you think, oh, you know, if you've had, pardon my French, a crap season, out the door. Thank you very much. I mean, being West Brom fans and Millwall fans, we've seen that happen to our sides. <laughs> Too and many think, times. I think, like, you know, we, we've done. You know, we've battled hard and our reward is out the door. Mm. Whereas if we had that same system, particularly in the, in the Premier League, and they've, they've thought about it for a while, the chances are us and the Lions would have stayed up. Mm. Mm. Plus the fact as well, we're, we're what, first Saturday in July, there would have been so many dead rubbers already, dead yep. games. Yeah. Whereas now you've got that playoff. It yeah. just brings the season, yeah. continues the season okay. to yep. life. Yep. So, 
That's yeah, good. That's the other side of that. Yeah, good call. Yeah. And the NPL table at the moment, Sterling Lions are sitting on top. Yep. Perth Red Star, Balcatta and Armadale in the top four. And the match of the round has got to be Balcatta and um, Sterling Lions. Macedonia. I keep saying Sterling Lions, but Sterling Macedonia. Yeah, but oh, oh yeah. I think there's a there's another game today, isn't it? Is it, is it um, at the bottom of the uh, the table down there? Isn't it? Inglewood are playing Bayswater. Yep. And we've just spoke about promotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Relegation from that NPL to state league. There's, yeah. there's, you look at the table: Inglewood, <laughs> yeah. Floriot, Bayswater, Coburn, Perth Glory, and Perth Sorrento. It's four points covering from bottom to to six. Yep. That that NPL this year is just well, mad well, in well, a it, way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's ten points top to bottom. Yeah. And you think. Wait, ten points, top to bottom. To, how? <laughs> and Bayswater have just got themselves a new, new coach. manager. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Gary Williams stepping in there. So. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, three losses in a row. But, um, There's a big team going down this year. Oh yeah, and that'll be interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, like I say. and potential or two big teams going down. Yep. Yep. You know, with the playoff. And with the women's NPL, Perth Red Star sitting on top, Fremantle, Perth Soccer Club and Mum FC are fourth. Yep. And unfortunately, Curtin, Curtin. Uh, Curtin got, their, got their century. Yeah. Which, yep. yeah, yeah, poor. I've, I've been talking about them uh, whenever I get the opportunity that, um, you know, I, I, I still feel for them because their reward for, for effort is the door. And... It's disappointing. Yeah, as um, uh, we were speaking last week with um, Tom Dolman, when Subiaco came up, they, they were in a similar situation, mm-hmm. and and they were uh, in an in an era where there wasn't relegation. So they've they've been able to consolidate and and improve and get the structures in place. Um, but uh, unfortunately, Curtin, their their reward for effort appears to be start again. Yes, mm. it's sad, um, isn't it? Because nobody gets no. any benefit from from some of those scores. That no, no, you know, no. apart from someone gets more goals at the end of the season to win a golden boot. Well, yeah, it's a crazy it's, situation. If you look at the grading system that Football West have implemented uh, this year across some of the divisions, the grading took about five or six, six weeks. Rounds, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. and um, there was still some like idiosyncrasies there that um, just just didn't quite work and uh, yeah I don't know it's a tough gig being at Football West with uh, you know having to displace teams and putting into different divisions to balance them up with buys and then you know things change after the season starts with teams and so forth I just it's been a crazy year with football like just uh, you know tightness in some tables disparities in some tables movements across tables it's been the craziest year in football yep locally tipping on the NPL certainly on the men's it's just I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's given up on yeah. the NPL and is desperately trying to find another competition. School draw, school draw each game. Yeah. <laughs> it's Guys, the safest bet, isn't it? We're going to go to a break and wow. come back and chat with our next guest, which is Sarah Duplessis. This is Penn, Jim and Hugh in the studio on the World Football Programme. Thank you for listening in. Back soon. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258-6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. 
station sponsor. Everybody has goals. Whether it's learning a new skill or passing on knowledge, making new friends, is it finding a career path or reaching your full potential? Chase your goals. See where football can take you. Welcome back to the World Football Program, 107.9 FM. Hugh, why are you grinning at me like that? Because you looked just like me almost every time I'm in that scene. You're just like... <laughs> that was just like a split second on you. Yeah. I had to speed up my intensity, but I got there, mate. I yeah, got there. you got there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got Penn, Jim and Hugh in the studio until 12 o'clock today talking World Football. World Our football. guest on the line right now is Sarah Duplessis, the Football West female... Football and advocacy. Do I say officer, Sarah? Uh, manager, officer, up to you. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll say officer then. That's fine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very long title. You must have a lot on your plate right now with the Women's World Cup. Uh, yes, certainly. It's a very exciting time uh, for everyone, but with it being uh, just under 20 days now, I think everyone's but super busy but looking forward to it. What's your role, or what's Football West's role, uh, more to the point, in the Women's World Cup? I think for us, it's uh, being that supporting supporting system behind you know such a a huge uh, global event coming to our shores, especially for uh, you know, working with the community, trying to, to build you know those funding pathways and and be that support system around such a, a massive event. Um, we know we're one of the biggest. Uh, participated women and girls grassroots sports, not only here in WA but nationally. So, you know, how can we continue to leverage those opportunities and, and continue to grow and develop the game um, post the Women's World Cup as well? Yeah, is it a seamless connect between FIFA and football? West? So, uh, I ask this because um, FIFA, when the, the the FIFA system kind of rolls to town, it's like. Um, it consumes the stadium oh, it and becomes and, Planet FIFA. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, how does that all fit together? Uh, yeah, FIFA is, is certainly a, obviously a massive global organisation. Um, we, we try to be seamless, but I think it's all agencies coming together, working towards a common goal. Um, certainly, in my role and position, it's just trying to do the best you can um, and work with, with those around you. Um, yeah, to bring bring the event to life for me. Um, obviously, women and girls' participation here in Western Australia. So, just looking to work with those agencies quite closely, like Tourism WA, um, as well across um, activations and things happening locally, like the Fan Fest and the Trophy Tour. Ooh. So, um, it, we try and be seamless, but um, certainly there's some, some really big um, you know, organisations running things at a very high level and, and lots of uh, lots of moving parts. <laughs> yes, and we do like to talk about. I mean, part of the connect. And make it all work is talking about it, and then you know, we we spread that word by word of mouth, and then the community knows more about it. So tell us about some of the things that are actually happening. Like where can fans go? Where can the community see that the Women's World Cup is happening? Yeah, uh, so the fan fest is taking place from the twentieth of July to the twentieth of August in Forest Place, mm-hmm. um, and that's being put on by Kojo, um, who's who's looking after some incredible events. So um, there'll be live football games taking place, uh, cultural performances, 
Um, there'll be some uh, great activations, uh, live entertainments, and also some digital platforms for the community to, to get involved. So definitely encourage uh, everyone to uh, go out to the fountains. And if you can't catch a live game, um, you know, be a part of it and um, bring family and friends and, yep. and enjoy. So did you say that's a free and open event? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so it happens in Forest Place, which is, for everybody, that's mm. right in the hub of Perth. Uh, it's the closed-off area, no vehicles, opposite the Wellington train station. So <laughs> is that like 24-7 that there's something happening there? Oh, it's Perth, Benny. Yeah, Come on now. I have to ask that, Hugh. There's people coming in from all around the seven world. 7 o'clock. You haven't shut the door at 7. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We hope for it to be twenty four seven, but it will only be around those those key game times. But it is open throughout um, throughout the month, so we're, we're hoping to fill it as much as we can with the community and and celebrate. <laughs> you have little faith. Oh, I, I, I hate that. You know, I, I asked that really tentatively because yes, you did. When people come, you said global event. It is such a global event. Yep. People are coming here and they're coming from other countries, so they're coming to watch international yep. fixtures, a world game. So. I kind of was, was thinking that you'd you'd replicate if the, if this happened in another country, say in the USA or mm-hmm. in Europe somewhere, would it be twenty four seven? It probably would. No, no, I so, understand. Yeah. The question I have for you, Sarah, is um, how long will that area be open after the games have finished? Because we've got some um, seven o'clock kickoff, so we're, we're not expecting the games to finish till half past nine ish, and then making our way back into the city. Um, so I did make that bit of a joke at seven o'clock, but I mean, <laughs> surely it'd, it'd be. Um, still active, you know, half past 11, 12 o'clock? Yes, yes, it will be. Uh, I believe it's, it's open throughout um, throughout the time the Women's World Cup is on. So if you are heading back into the city, um, yeah, definitely encourage, encourage everyone to, to stop off again and, and continue to, to celebrate. Excellent. N- nice. And you did mention there Tourism WA. So what activities are happening in that space? <clears throat> so actually next weekend, um, the official uh, trophy tour is coming to Perth. Yep. And they'll be taking place in, in Perth on the, the 7th of July. And then it, it goes on for four days. So it goes from Perth to Brussels, Tananara, and then off to Broome, obviously on, on the beautiful Cable Beach as well. So that would just be a, a great celebration of, mm. of bringing the official trophies here to Perth, um, as well as putting on some activations alongside that. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, Tourism WA has done a, a fantastic job. Um, in uh, yeah, really showcasing um, quarter of the landscape in WA. Where exactly will that happen? So where can people go to see it? Uh, so on the 7th of July, it'll be taking place here in Forest, um, at Forest Place again. Yeah. And um, then it, go- it goes on the 8th to uh, Brussels, where it will be at Brussels and and also on the jetty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it moves on to Kalanara, uh, Leverley Tree Park. And then finally finishing up on Cable Beach. Cable Beach. <laughs> on the back of a camel. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the sunset. sunset. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know what's really good about yeah. it? It's school holiday. Yeah. yeah. You know, what, what, what excuse have you not to go on Friday, yeah. Forest Place from midday? Yep. School holidays, you know, it's in the middle of Perth. Everyone can get there by public transport. Yeah. Perfect. Make a day of it. Yeah. Gets there at 12. Good call. It is interesting, isn't it? I mean, before the Matildas went into camp just now, mm-hmm. um, Sam was Sam Kerr was here yep. on holidays, and mm-hmm. she'd she's not very um, uh, doesn't 
highly profile what she does. She just kind of flies under the radar. So she came back and she went out and she visited some places and then it kind of popped up on social mediums. And I know a couple of people that went along and there weren't massive amounts of people there, right? There was... So, you know, kids and families got to get autographs and photos and selfies with Sam Kerr. And here she is, one of the profile players in the world and just about to zoom off to a Women's World Mm. Cup. I I thought that was pretty amazing, Mm. actually. Um, I'm not sure if that was in, like, the World Cup was in another country... Um, and Sam could do that. If mm. there'd like be certainly that... wouldn't be in the mains, would it? No, yeah, no. <laughs> and this is where we, we've got Ooh. so far to go with women's and, yeah, and World Cup globally. Mm. We're still in that growth phase. It's, mm. it's amazing how much potential there is, Sarah, when you think about it. That we can still do these things and yeah. be so grounded about them. But we know we've got this place to get to. Yeah, but again, I think like you highlighted there, Penny. It it, it shows her grounding, her humbleness. Yeah. That, that you know you can imagine. Ronaldo, for example, you know, don't touch me. You know, I've, I've got a wall of security around me where yeah. Sam Kerr is like, hi, Sam here rock, I am. Rocks up at an under-10s game, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm watching the game and off I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he wonderful? Yeah. Isn't he absolutely fantastic? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway, yeah. You don't start me down that path, Jim. So, so Sarah, um, media-wise, is, is there any connect from Football West through either Tourism WA or FIFA or something where there'll be uh, adverts on... Uh, local free-to-air radio or something telling the community mm. that things are happening? Yeah, actually, uh, the uh, Football Australia have launched the official campaign a few days ago, so that, that will be um, amplified far and wide the channels. Um, it's called Till It's Done with the Matildas. Um, and then Tourism WA and, and other are going to start their um, promotional campaigns and, and those will be shared um, to multiple channels as well. So we, we certainly want to ramp up um, as much media as we can uh, now moving into moving into the final weeks before the tournament. Mm. So um, that will certainly start to increase. Where is the go-to place for fans or anybody to find out about any of these things that are happening with the World Cup if you're living here in Perth? Yeah, so just locally, I think Football West website will be yep. a, a great place to go to. We have two landing pages. One is the FIFA Women's World Cup activities and programs, so that's more for your clubs, um, local activations in the, in the community to get involved, celebrate, put on, um, you know, come and try days, watch parties and events, and through that we can then promote the local clubs as well. Um, we also have the FIFA Women's World Cup uh, trophy to our landing page on, on our website as well, so you can um, go on there and have a, have a look at where the fan fest is taking place and where the trophy will be going. Um, additionally, FIFA, Football Australia and some of them are all great yeah, great um, websites and, and, and social platforms to go to to find out um, what you can do during um, the month that we'll be celebrating. And uh, before we let you go, the State Football Centre, how's that coming along and what is landing in that space before the Women's World Cup does? Uh, yeah, so the State Football Centre is, is tracking really well. We're, we're really excited. I'll finally have a, a home football WA. Um, so we're looking at the end of August, I believe uh, FIFA officials will be will be moving in there um, and it will be a, a training site. Following that uh, in September, I, I believe it will be the opening. Um, so we're really looking forward uh, to officially having a, a home of football here in WA. Is the, the Did the girls' day out happen already? Was that at the State Football Centre grounds? Or Maniana Park? No, so, uh, yes, there is just just the uh, opposite at uh, Maniana Park at, at Queen's Park. Um, we did have the, uh, the Girls Day Out, um, which is a, a really great celebration of, of women and girls. We had uh, Kazuni, the official mascot there, which was uh, fantastic. And 
I believe it was the biggest female football week um, set in, in Paris, um, but also across WA, there were activations taking place in, in Jelson and, and all the way up to Karras as well. Um, so it, it was a really great celebration of, of women and girls, but we hope to have that you know, every week of the calendar year. So, um, but it certainly was, was great to see this before uh, the Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to promote anything at this point that we that we haven't covered uh, that we should be telling the community about what's coming up with the, either State Football Centre or the what Football West is doing in the Women's World Cup space? Uh, probably nothing in particular, but just encourage encourage everyone to uh, yeah watch the games, go down to stand first um, if you can, uh, catch the trophy tour. Um, you know, take it all in and, and enjoy it. It's a, a special card for us in, in football and I think nationally as well. It's sort of our moment now, so let's enjoy it. Um, in terms of local activations, there's a lot happening. Our clubs are, are doing some fantastic things, so um, if you can, jump onto the Football West website and have a look. We have a uh, community soccer, soccer festival taking place in, in Fremantle Oval. Um, we have you know, a football exhibition as well taking place at the library and and lots of holidays and activations, so um, just encourage the community to, to get involved where they can and, and enjoy it. Okay, good. good. Thank, thanks very much for joining us, Sarah. Appreciate that. We'll yeah. keep talking about it as much as we can and keep the interest going. And uh, go the Matildas, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Go the Matildas. Yeah, oh, sorry, um, I, I did forget. I need your tip for the Women's World Cup. Sorry, it's, I have to get that from every guest today. So please, your tip for the Women's World Cup. <laughs> Zambia. My tip for the Women's World Cup. In the perfect world, the Matildas uh, go all the way through to the final and we win it. Well done. I believe it. Yep, fantastic. And, and, and what's your backup tip, just in case it doesn't happen? <laughs> the, the Matildas B squad. Oh, my backup tip. I don't have a backup tip, but I will say that I think Ireland is a dark horse. I Ooh. think um, the Irish team will be one to will, will be an exciting team to see how they unfold. Yeah, no, I've been saying that that the Canada Ireland game is pivotal in in the Matildas group to as to who's going to yep. going to finish top of that table. So, and we've got it here, yeah. your beauty. Yeah, nice, yeah. very nice. Exactly, yeah. yeah, good on you, Sarah. One to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep, keep up all the work. Thank you. See ya. Thanks so much for having me. All right, bye. Ta-da. Bye. That was Sarah Duplessis, the Football West Female Football and Advocacy Officer. Yep. I've been checking kits, Jim. I've been checking kits. Nigeria. <laughs> Nigeria have, some cracking, have some cracking kits. And for the first time ever, the Nigerian women team have checked that out. This is good for radio, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're going to need your sunglasses. You're going to need one, your sunglasses. Are you going to land that on our World Football page? So, oh my God, that's glary. It's Put that on our link it to the World Football. How cool page, is that? Right? Fluorescent. Is that fluorescent? It green? is fluorescent green. I mean, that is. You know, if we're looking high vis. And you think, okay, my high vis is fluorescent green. It's brighter than that. Yeah. Oh, Don't my goodness, you're not going to miss them. With that. I'm just trying to think of anyone who's ever worn. Actually, Barcelona wore a really bright kit they one did, year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like it, by the way. Didn't like it. It's like a. The, what, the, the main one? Roads, the, the salmon one? The main roads guys working on the side of the road. That's what <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, another one you're talking about. Yeah, the ground right. marshals yeah. kits when you go down to the local games. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, it, 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 as you're saying, Penn, it's how far the world of female football has come. That The Super Eagle uh, Falcons, this is the first time they've had a female dedicated kit. Normally they will just wear the, the, the men's yeah. kit. Hey, can I just say one thing about that, that green kit, certainly? Yep. Isn't it great that it's just plain? Yeah, yeah, there's no stripes. No, I mean, no sponsorship. Uh, no, there's no sponsorship. Well, there's no sponsorships on there. No, but, no, no. But it's just, it's just a nice, 
clean, green yep. kit. The uh, the away kit's a bit busy, though. Yeah, it is a bit busy, the away kit. <laughs> the, the, the shorts are busy. The, 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 they're wearing red socks so, and, and a blue kit. Can I just ask a question? Does FIFA mandate to teams what advertising and sponsorship yep. they can put on? So even if they're not playing in an international... So even if they're not playing in an international competition, let's just say they're playing a friendly fixture against yep. someone, it's still no, there's mandated? There's still no advertising yep. on the playing shirt, but they can put a sponsor's logos on any training That's kits, right. I think it is. Yep. But You're right. For the actual 90 minutes of the game, there's no sponsorship. Yeah, which is why you'll see a lot of the times when they're, they're in camp, they're all wearing their... Sponsored, sponsored, sponsored gear. <laughs> yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, and that also to the point of um, the size of the, the the country logo, the size of the advertising mm. it's all logo. Determined. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, so, well, the only thing they're allowed is the kit manufacturer, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the only one. That's the only apart from the yep. the club badge. Yeah. And we we saw when Which is um, all Adidas because they're the major sponsor. Yeah, when when the Danes were um, <coughs> trying to advocate about the last men's World Cup. That they um, would, they didn't want to put their country's logo on their shirt. To which FIFA said, "Well, yeah, sorry, mate. You know, as part of our regulations, you've got to have your registered country logo on." So, as we, as we see with um, with a lot of um, countries, they, they they may not have like we do with Matildas the the, the crest. The, the coat of arms crest. Yep. Uh, England, for example, don't have the, the, the coat of arms. Uh, and so no, uh, Denmark went, well, we'll just have a blackout. So they had it blacked out. But again, FIFA didn't like that and they had to renege on that particular deal. But that, yeah, no, that FIFA, yeah, they make sure that they're getting. No, I'm not going to go down that path. They're looking after all their stakeholders. They're looking after all their stakeholders. So if you're a smaller team like Panama or, or, or Haiti and may not be able to bring in the, the top-ranking sponsors, you're not disadvantaged. Yeah. yeah I reckon some of those um, uh, less professional-type uh, countries would be yeah, pretty... Um, yeah, pretty okay with, you know, the kit and everything. I, I'm, I'm assuming that F- FIFA would... Advertise. There's Japan. They've gone. They've gone back into the pink again. The, oh. What do you mean? Oh. First glory days when they sponsored. Uh, was it breast cancer? They had the pink and the purple yeah, in the d- kit. Did you not know the, the, the Japanese women? They they regularly play. So they call the cherry blossoms. Yeah. Pink. They always yep. wear pink. Yeah, that, can, can I ask? Do you guys know? Is are resources or funds or something amortised to all the countries that are participating in the? World Cup, men or women, so that they they will all have kits, like they'll all have the same training gear and playing gear. Is that, is that like an amortised thing? So let's say they come from a poorer nation, or less economically you know, sound nation, and they don't have as many resources, they still have all, all the same in the other team? Is it, oh, well, anyone oh, know that? I don't, I don't know. I, oh, I mean, the kit advertisers make sure that um, the... the they're looked after. So, um, for example, if we're talking um, Costa Rica, Costa Rica's kit is advertised, um, um, sponsored by Adidas. So Adidas aren't going to send Costa Rica out in substandard gear because it reflects on them. So, But the training uh, kit, it, 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 yeah, I mean... That's up to you, the country. You, you would right? expect... I, I've got a feeling it all comes down to how many replica shirts yeah, and, yeah. and stuff are they going to actually so you, sell. you'd get the likes of, of England and, and the Matildas and, and the US. You know, the bigger nations have more of a budget, therefore they can buy and, and, and be able to um, have more 
More shirts for merchandise. Well, I mean, really, not, not so much shirts. I think Penn was talking oh. more, like more balls or, or oh, that sort of stuff. Because yeah. you have to buy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the manufacturers will go, here's X amount, and if you want more than X amount, you need to pay for them. So the more you have, the more money you have to buy them. I was asking this because as part of my process with the uh, volunteering group with yep. FIFA... The amount of kit that we've got is absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, it's like from shoes upwards. And Adidas have just sponsored all of that. They've, yep. they've given it mm. to well, the thousands looking, and thousands of volunteers. Are you able to most of the kits are, are, are Adidas kits. Yeah. You get to keep it. Oh, wonderful. Oh, it's amazing. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Kiwis and us, we've got Nike. The, the, the English have got Nike. Um, you know, the, mm. the, the Nigerians are Nike. Norway are Nike. But most of them are... Uh, Oh, there's one. Panama. They've Stop got, doing got that. Assets. Unless you're putting it onto the football page so everyone can see that. Stop doing that, young man. Can, can I, on the subject of kits, though, <clears throat> and have you seen the new kit for Barnsley in the English Championship for next year? No. It's been voted the worst kit oh. ever, ever. What, what colours are we talking? Oh, my... Oh, I don't mind that. It's red with stars. I don't mind that. I know a Barsley fan. He is going to be spitting chips. <laughs> they, they've already voted it the worst kit in their history, and if the season's not started, well, there he is. <laughs> and and that's that's disappointing because there's, there's not a lot wrong you can do with uh, with plain red with white piping. No, but that that's one, awful, isn't it? Yeah, that's not. That's you're not in one. you're in the minority here, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Mm. Yeah, there have been some. There's some in shockers in there's the past. Been some, there's been some really, really nasty ones. Yeah. So, so guys, do we want to cover anything in the local space, news-wise? Do you, anything you want to brag about with uh, your role at Mandra or how they're going at the moment? Or? Oh, I'd like to just not brag, but just uh, share. Congratulate, share yeah. the Peel Regional Walking Footballers who that's started. I was going to say that started off running, but no, that started off walking about three, four years mm-hmm. ago when with a handful, they've now got enough that they're actually sending, or a team of them are going to Kuala Lumpur in September. Brilliant. Take part in a walking football tournament in, in Malaysia. That's so. the one Sean's going away with. Yep. I think so as yeah. well, yeah. So Sean Peel have actually sent up, sending up a, uh, a team up for, for that as well. So, so, so that's a, an international tournament and so. teams can register from anywhere around the globe. Yep. Walking football's mm. taken off, oh, isn't I it? I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, yeah. so it's, good it's, good it's good fun. It's, a, it's an equaliser, isn't mm. it? Yeah, mm. it's great. It's, it's good. Fun. Nicola Williams gets uh, uh, assistant gig at London City Lionesses. Did yes. you see that? Yeah, I oh, did. Oh, have you seen more about London City Lionesses though? Go. So since then, apparently they're uh, on the verge of bankruptcy by all accounts. Oh wow! Uh, wow. Well, there's, there's N- been there's some Nicola's. Uh, you know, she she she's worth every penny. I would have thought. <laughs> That's a, a bit of a sore point there, London City Lionesses, because they broke away from from my team to they, create their own team. But I. Well, you'd know more than I about this one, uh, Jim, but I was under the impression that when the Lionesses, when they were still with Millwall, went, we want to be Millwall, and the the Millwall men's uh, franchise yeah. went on your bike. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of uh, ridiculous politics, I yeah. think, is there, and then they broke away, and then, but then Millwall created, I've got another team. That's right, yeah. So the Lionesses are back yeah. in a low, much lower division, yeah. whereas... Millwall Lionesses in their day were one of the they big were teams, and yeah. you know, prior to your women's Super League, now yep. they were women's FA Cup winners, women's league winners. Yep, had plenty of England internationals playing they for did. them. In yep, and I, and I thought their claim to to, to Millwall was was valid. Mm. Like, hello, we, here's a history of success. We just want 
recognition and you know the, the use of the training facilities and that sort of stuff. It, yeah. and, and and Millwall went, well, we can make our own team. Mm. Well, mm. really? <laughs> Come on now, just anyway. get together, everyone. Oh, that's interesting. So, oh, yes. Whoa, just watch this space. Okay, let's go to a break. Go to a break. And come back and have a chat with uh, Jude Pettit. You beauty. This is Penn, Jim and Hugh on the World Football Program. Thanks for listening in. We'll be back very shortly to talk more football. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penny, Jim and Hugh in the studio with you. And our next guest up will be Jay Pettit. But before we have a chat, um, just a, a couple of things to put across the bows. Over to you, Jim. Yeah, just, you know, talking about things that have been going on down in, in the Mandra Rockingham Pill region. Um, there's some sad news, really, back in May where uh, Linda Duggan, who was always part of Warmbra Strikers, I think she set it up with her husband, Kevin, um, Sadly passed away uh, in the mid-May. Um, you know, she was a, obviously a mum, grandma, mm. wife, but she was Mrs. Warmbra Strikers as well, really, yeah, yeah. I think, and uh, Kevin won't mind me saying that. And I've spoken to them, always always a smile on her face, 
always offer a cup of tea or a cup of coffee when I used to pop down there on a Sunday morning and great little community club down there and uh, yeah sadly missed so yep and our thoughts and yeah and prayers go out to the family yeah. and and she'll be missed there's no two ways about that mm. yep absolutely that area is a, a hotbed for football oh, yeah. yes there's uh, yeah, a lot of clubs in that space actually it's a huge huge amount of clubs in such a tiny area yeah, yeah. they all survive and they all got their own little niche for, for people, you know. There's a, there's, there's a club for everyone. There is. Regardless of ability. It kind of indicates the growth in that yeah. area over the past, you know, 15 years or so. Oh, at least, yeah, 20 yeah. years, yeah. Perth urban area, pretty much, yes. Um, we have a special guest on today's show, Jude Pettit. Jay? Jay. How are you, Jay? I'm good, thank you, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, some people might have seen your face on the... Football Australia advert that came out for the Olympics qualifiers, I think it was last month, yeah, because it's July 1st today, so yeah, earlier last month. Um, so you've got uh, instant notoriety there, mate. Well, <laughs> you'll have to pass that on to me. I have not seen it. <laughs> okay, right. I, and I can yeah. I can do that. Yeah. So th- this is, it, it's good, isn't it? It's a connect, really, because we're, we're talking to yourself and you've played in... And I'm going to say it in the, in the nicest possible way, right? But you've played and been involved in football across um, generations and decades. So you you have this this way to see the land, football landscape and how it's changed during that time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Pioneer, I think, is the name. We Pioneer, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Hey, I'm not really sure. Someone, sometimes people don't think Pioneer is, you know, they kind of think, you know, old and, you know, got, gone past, but, like, yeah, you put it out there, so I'm, I'm good with that. You are a Pioneer, Jude. Yeah, 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 we'll have to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you know, it's it's building the foundations of everything that's, that's now. Mm. So, um, yep, take it and be proud of that. So there's some very significant moments in your footballing um, history, uh, you know, you've played with the likes of Sharon Loveless, Sandra Brentnell, Anna Senyuzhenko. Um I've played state team football with you. Um, you've yep. played in West Australia, you've played in Victoria. Man, you've you've kind of played football here and there and everywhere. Yeah, I followed the ball. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Blaze the trail, follow yeah. the ball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I did. I followed um, not only the game at the highest level, um, but also um, um, it, it, about the coaching aspect mm. too, because I was heavily involved in the coaching at a, at a young age as well. So I sort of wanted to always do the top tier, if you know what I mean. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, I, I just went. Well, I'm going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, take a risk and move states, and I did that. Mm. Yeah, so why did you move states? I moved states. Um, that was uh, in 1988. I moved over to Melbourne, and um, I think it was the first year I didn't get picked in the Aussie squad. Um, and I thought, oh, I still need that challenge. And I just felt WA were losing their grip on progress progression at that stage mm-hmm. so I got off asked to go to um, Victoria um, and they said look you can coach Dandenong and um, so I coached and played and I got picked up in the uh, state squad there in 89 or 88, 89 and um, um, th- through to 92 where we won two state well national championships with them so I got to coach, and you know I'm coaching Australian players 
in these teams as well. So it was it was just that to just to keep myself so involved and and up, up with everything going on, the progression of the sport. So you did and, and you, you, you did move from. Um, West Australia into like a, the hub of football really I mean M- Melbourne yeah. would have meant more competition for you sure. to compete against not only um, to, to be involved in more football yes yeah. yeah and it was and it was still at the top tier if you know what I mean um, yeah, yeah. so it, it's all about different um, coaching techniques and different um, setups everywhere and Melbourne were thriving at this stage where WA had thrived and then they went into a bit of a lull and there wasn't much happening, as in academies and, and, and the thought of that sort of process coming in. So with your coaching, um, mm. you, you've been very, very quiet, I, <laughs> I, I think, over, over the years and just maybe gone about your business. Um, yep. what, what was your aim with coaching? Like to, did you, did um, you, just, want, you just enjoyed it? Or you wanted to, yeah, you were ambitious? Improve my game more so, improve my game, but also the game of my club team. Um, Because I started coaching probably about 19 years of age, and that was Ascot. And um, because I I was quite fortunate, I grew up um, with the likes of Ray Islet was my first coach in the boys' team. Wow, nice. And then they found out, yeah, and then they found out, I think I was 11, 10. And I found out it was a girl because it was like skins and shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they said, and he's raised pick me in skins. And I've gone, and then I've looked at all the boys and they've got, and they started laughing. And he's, he's gone, what? What are you talking? What, what's going on? Anyway, it turns out that they went, oh, she's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, are you kidding me? And like, nobody was allowed to play. <laughs> Brilliant. And then he told me about the Ascot Club, the women's club. And he said, look, um, I think they're seniors, but I'll, I'll throw you over there. And then it was Reg Davis. I got in touch with it. He, he was part of all this process. And Sid Smith was running Ascot yes. at the time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and they threw me down there for a session, and they're all about a foot taller than me. <laughs> but but they were magnificent players. There was all the, you know, the English, and I thought, oh, my God, they've come straight from England, those players. Um, they're all English accents, you know, like the Carol and Linda Blunt and and Donna Pendres and Jill Sison. Well, Jill wasn't there at this stage, but Martha McManus, everybody. Yeah. And it was like, they're all state players, I heard. And I thought, oh, yeah. my God, <laughs> I'm around royalty. Uh. And then um, I was lucky because I'd then John O'Connell come along and coached us for years and where Ascot was like the top yep. of the tree for years and I think we had enough players nearly for three divisions let alone two um, and then we had Eric Williams <laughs> and wow. Mike Smith was down there helping us I'm talking talent everywhere yeah, yeah big names and I know and they you know we came with these people I mean they coached us for uh, you know we, we were training two times a week three times a week plus playing and we had the likes of these people just playing scratches with us, coaching us. <laughs> oh, so, you know, we had the Julie Claytons of the world. I think at one stage, Sharon Maddledan come down because of all the people we had coaching. Very fortunate, this Ascot team. Very fortunate. 
Yep, there's and, a you know, there, there's a lot of significant players in there, like Australian players. Like yeah. West Australia had a in that era had a lot of players playing national team. Yeah, yeah, both men and and um, women. And uh, I think um, in '78 when I first got picked up in the Australian team when I was 15, um, seven WA people got selected. Yep, that was in the Taiwan seven. tournament. Yeah, and we'd won the national championships in northern New South Wales and we beat, um, you know, scored a hat-trick against New South Wales at the time and seven of us got picked up. And that's that's unbelievable. Mm. Mm. It certainly is. That was the tournament that Anna Senyuzenko played in and um, was nominated one of the best players in the world. That's right. Yeah, yeah, these were... And, you know, the seven of us, even though we didn't all come from the same club, but there was a couple from this club, a couple from that club. But at the end of the day, this was our weekly competition too. We were playing against these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every, on and off, the, the rivalry was fierce, so competitive. It was incredible, you know. It, it was probably sometimes I, I likened it to the, the, um, the league structure and the, the competition competitiveness of it, I likened it to playing nationals every day. <laughs> wow, yeah, well, yeah. Good for your development. Yeah, rattling off those players, of course oh. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, yeah. almost international. Was, yeah. 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 Some very good clubs around at that by then. Um, and, and I tell you, I don't know how it was so um, competitive to get in even the state thing. You know, it wasn't like a walk in the park. It was like, nope, get to... <laughs> to go up against, you know, 50 girls that you thought, oh, God, how does they not get in? <laughs> mm. It's it's good to remember these times. And, of course, back then there was maybe one league or maybe even two leagues. Um, and two at that stage, in 75. And mm. no junior football. So you just played yeah. with whomever was able yep. to be playing in that competition. Yeah, whether they were 40 or like the likes of me. I think I was 11, 12 when I went over in 72. Or 10, probably. That's 11. Um, yeah, and I'm thinking, I'll never get a game. You know, look at me. I'm a midget. <laughs> but uh, everyone was like 15, 16, and there I am, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, tiny as. But I sat on the bench for a good year or two. Um, but got a run, five minutes here, ten minutes there, twenty minutes there, whatever. Um, and and um, you know, I, I served my apprenticeship. I must say, I didn't have to clean boots, but then I thought I was going to have to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to get a game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. And what do you think now, Jude, about how how long the Women's football, how far it's come. So there's, now there's high school football, there's girls' football, there's academies, there's Perth Glory. We're competing in the National League. Uh, we've got a local girl, Sam Kerr, who's in the national team. Uh, just one, one of, okay. Yeah, one of, but uh, we'll work on that over time, I guess. Um, what do you think of all, all that and, and the, the progress that we've made? Well, I, I hear a lot of people... Of my era, <laughs> my my um, age, they oh, were born before our time, and and yeah, I think everybody could say that in the world, yep. born before mm, time, yep. you know. But 
I sort of look at it, you know, if I had the chance again, would I get in? I don't know. I don't don't think I'd rise to the heights I did, you know, Um, because it's just so huge now and the competitiveness and I think there's too many um, tangents you could go in. Do you know, know, Um, Jay, I think this is a really interesting conversation because we could look at Ronaldo... And Messi, yep. And we could uh, Pushkas and um, Pele, and think who is the best player in the world? George Best, but, you know. In and, and there was, <laughs> and there's more I hadn't mentioned. Okay, there was just a, a couple. But that brother played. He was pretty the, good. Uh, moving on. Moving on. So the <laughs> <laughs> kind of conversation. You, uh, you distracted me, damn you. So my point being that in that time, that is. What happened, and that you can't change that. So, mm. at the time that you played, you played with those amazing players, had amazing experiences, and that was that was what was available at that time. That was the opportunities, and that's the best that you could do. That's what happened. So you cannot change that. Yeah, nope. So moving on, there's different opportunities, different resources, different people, and just different things happened. So you can wish. But and, and as a pioneer, that's why you're a pioneer, right? Because you, you came before. And yep. in 20 years' time, Sam Kerr might be a pioneer for someone later. But look at the opportunities that she has got now that you that's, didn't have. Yep. So we can appreciate yep. this and we can enjoy it because we can't change it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's how I looked at it. And I looked at, you know, what, what we're talking Seventy-two, I started, and now we're what? What's that? Thirty, forty odd years down the track. Yep. Um, and I'm sitting here, and I've just seen the camaraderie ship come out of the woodwork again. Yep. <laughs> so all the all the old uh, stalwarts and 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 matriarchs of the game, and and players from past and present, have just come out and. And and become a unit again. Like they're all talking again and and memorising or, or having memories and remember this and remember that and coming up with photos. It's going crazy. Gangbusters. That's like. that's because the internet is now available and it wasn't back then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, true. But at the end of the day, people are people are reminiscing and finding these. Stories that no one's heard about, yes, and and airing these stories, and people are going, oh my god! I mean, we're even talking about seventy fivers, for example. Yep, you know, and and it's a big thing, and and whether you think it's right or wrong, what they're doing, um, we still acknowledge that that ha- that happened. I mean, I, I did, and I was like, oh my god! I kept playing because I heard about the seventy fivers when I was twelve. Yep. In 72. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, you know, and I thought, oh, there's an Australian team, thinking it was an Australian team. Um, oh, you can play for Australia in this game. I'll keep playing. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I, I look back at everything that's coming through and everybody has made some sort of different contribution, yep. whether you stepped on the park once or you played national team or, or and, and you've done that for 10 years. And the, the water girls, the water boys, the the matriarchs like Elaine Watson, who just passed, unfortunately. She didn't get to see her reward, you know, of her, the work she's put in behind the scenes to make this all happen. Mm-hmm. Do you know what, Jude? I, I think that 
she probably did see reward because um, she's, uh, just for those of you that don't know, Elaine Watson is from Queensland. She has been involved with football, was involved with football from the beginning in the setup of the associations, the championships, and has seen all of that through Women's World Cups and through from amateur to semi-professional. A lot of growth in not only her yep. space in Queensland, but uh, involved on the national level. And uh, she knew that. Um, there was people that would uh, be involved with her and then go off and then, uh, you know, back to their own states and and so forth. So, yes, there were... And this is the pioneer thing, right, that in another 20 years' time, then the, the pioneers... The, the, the people today are pioneers for the people 20 yeah. years into the future. So she, she knew um, there's just always going to be changes and opportunities. And yeah. she, she she was totally valuable, like the Peter Democlises mm. and the Barbara Gibsons and the Jeanette Spencers oh, yeah. and the Jude Paddits and the Sandra Brentnells and the Pat O'Connors. All these people are absolutely uh, critical to how the game moves forward. And yep. we, we talk about it now more because we have the capability to share and there's a Women's World Cup and everybody wants to know yep. about all the backstories yep. and fill in all the spaces that we have questions. So in the libraries and the, and the museums are putting up displays to share with the public and there's going to be the displays and the fan festival in Forest Place right through from July 20 to July, August here in Perth. So hopefully they'll have... Um, you know, places for people to go and congregate and share their stories and swap photos yep. and just be. So you know, things move on, but people aren't forgotten so easily no. anymore. Jude, uh, Jay, I, I think that in the past maybe you didn't have internet, you didn't have mobile phones, but now there's a big, big catch-up. Look oh, at yeah. all the forums that are out there on the social mediums. Mm. And, and we can talk about it here yeah. because we can t you know, tap on a computer and go, wow, lo uh, lost football, um, you know, Matilda's alumni and all this kind of stuff. We can find it now and, and mm -hmm. people connect and share. It's fantastic, the prolifera pro mm. pro of information. <laughs> Incredible. That was a big word, right? <laughs> can I use that in Scrabble? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I call it, I liken it to being a Matilda's juggernaut, I call. I'm, I'm calling it. I like that. Yeah. Wow, it's, and it's not going to stop. This is just the beginning, if you know what I mean. I mean, it, it's just going to keep rolling, gathering more moths, more people, more players, more heroes. Yeah, I, I was going yeah. to ask that, actually. Where do you see it going? Yeah. It's juggernaut. Where, where's, where, where can it go? How far can it go? Ooh. Oh, look, I, I, I believe that we're pro we probably need to look at, look at UK again. More, the, more so the UK with all their academies again and I think we need to, I, I know we talked about it for many, many years like the academies and, and getting involved with the major clubs where we actually have true academies rather than mm. just one or yep. two um, so we're affiliated with clubs, we're past and past with the, with the, with the men just like you know the Chelsea's of our, of mm. our eras and, and so you've just got that transition that seamless from yep. junior level to, through through so yeah and and where scholarships maybe invite you know a bit like the u.s as well so they've come up with some sort of combination yeah so we don't have to go off at overseas yeah we've had and that we can pay our pay. yeah we've had <laughs> that for a while and yeah, you know, we look at the, mm. the as we say i mean we we quite rightly lord sam kerr but you know Three golden boots but and three, three different leagues, and she's had to she's had to travel to mm. to get that that recognition. Yeah. Whereas, so that mm. where that's what I was thinking that um, so for us to be playing and 
training alongside these people yep. is not available. Yeah. So then our our club our club sort of skill level doesn't develop as much as it should have or could have. Mm. Like in my day, I was playing against national and Australian players. I mean, Australian players and um, state players every day. Yep. <laughs> and train training against them. You know, uh, it was just where we haven't got that. That's where it's missing the quality. So, what's your your thoughts on the um, the W League then, Jay? Or the A League oh. W? Oh, oh get, come on! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Pen. Yeah. Uh, the yes, uh, yes, you lot correcting me. Yeah, the the, the A League <laughs> W. Thank you. Sorry, Pen. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, we we just. I, it was good to hear that Perth Glory is actually recruiting some homegrown talent. Yes. <laughs> Um, rather than, you know, the, the US who come for a year or, or you know, um, and then they're gone again. So there's no consistency with that. I think you just got to bite the bullet and, and get your people up to speed on the, on the ground and um, that come from your home and, and start uh, let them uh, combining again, infiltrate. Uh, uh, create I, create I, a big... Oh, I think I know what you're trying to say is mm. I, I look at Perth Glory as in the the juggernaut that's Perth Glory, men and women, mm. and how they've got a big foundation. And so from that big foundation, what they're hoping to do is to pull up players and develop them in a way that they will be playing for the Perth Glory so that we'll have yep. homegrown players all of the time and add in some quality international flavour to it to make them competitive at whatever level they desire to be at. But they have enough under underneath with coaching interest um, and, uh, you know, youth coming through that by the time that they've started in Perth Glory Academy at, say, the age of 10, by the time to get to 16 or 17, they might be ready to step onto the pitch for Perth Glory and play. So that's what we've got to do here in WA for girls and women's football is we've got to recognise and identify enough in the programs or in the systems so that when we get to Perth Glory women playing on that um, Australian stage that, that they've got enough local players that are of the quality that can play there. It's just about numbers, about identification. It's about having a system, uh, I think. Yep. And my, uh, you're spot on, Penny, because if you remember the the AIS, yep, and mm-hmm. how they set up, um, they now they actually so the guys, the so it was the men, but they were I I knew I used to work with heaps of them players like Healy and the Fosters and all them. And they were actually an AIS Academy team who played in a local league. The team did. So they're up and coming Australian, but you know, obviously they're AIS, the Institute of Sport. So they had a team um, that actually played in their, not probably their top tier for their age group at that stage because the, the men had age groups. Yeah. But um, maybe that's what the women need to do and have a Perth Glory team. I'm not sure if that happens, but... Um, they have an in, NTC in, in, yeah, was, yeah, but Yeah. So they play at uh, age of 13, 15, 17. So 13s is with the with the, with the boys, like a mixed kind of competition. Okay, yep. yep, and then the 15s play as a reserve team in the NT... Sorry, in the... They play as an NTC team in the 21s NPL and then the 17s, I think, age group play in the women's open NPL mm. competition. So, and Perth okay, Glory are pretty much selected from the NTC program. That's, um, they don't actually have a Perth Glory program at, as such. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, no, anyone. I don't think so. No. Yeah. 
That, that's just a women's okay. stream anyway. Well, I think that's that's exactly what Jay's uh, highlighting. Yeah, what, exactly. What, why is there not? I mean, there, I don't know. Th- there's, there's resources. That, there's that money. Path, there's that pathway for the men, and and the boys. Yeah. So why why are we not? If and we we in the show try to try to call it just just at their team. No, it, it, it's Perth Glory. It, it shouldn't be Perth Glory right? women are over that side, and Perth Glory men are getting all the all the support. It should be Perth Glory supporting. Football. Yep, and this is part of the the growth that we haven't quite mm. got to yet. Mm. Yeah, because I, I think back in in the eastern states as well, and um, why New South Wales has won lots and lots and yeah. lots of national mm-hmm. championships in the past was because they had not only their club sides and whatever, but they had a rep team. Yep. So again, it's very something very similar, where a rep team, so they play in another championship, yearly championship. As well, and that's where your state squad was picked from, which would be like Perth Glory. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So the, you're saying, like, with the Victorian, the the, the the Victorian Institute of Sport and the New South Wales Institute of Sport, that that, mm-hmm. that maybe we could be implementing something similar rather than the NTC, yeah. which is is doing great things. There's no two ways about that. But to have it mm. more of a a centralised system, so for for men yeah. and women. Yeah, mm. so it's like a select. Squad. Okay. So, the, the WAIS. playing together all the time. Mm. Yeah. Because there is a Western Australian Institute of Sport. Yep. Mm. Yep. A little bit of disconnect there, isn't there? A little mm. bit. Yeah. We've just highlighted that. Well yeah. done, Jay. We've highlighted it. We'll get on to a <laughs> yep. friend of the show. <laughs> Sports minister. Yeah, gentlemen. Uh, so, gentlemen. So, uh, Jay, <laughs> before we let you go... Um, tips for the Women's World Cup. Yes. And I, I did note in the conversation that you said something about the Matildas juggernaut. Well, mm. it, it's the whole of women's football, really. I mean, Matildas is part of the ecosystem of women's football yep. here. But there's the other things. We're talking about Perth Glory. We're yep. talking about the National League. We're mm-hmm. talking about the participation generally. And that all makes football here in yep. Australia. But the... The platform up the top that we all get to see the most on television and um, you know, visiting in uh, local clubs and, and signing autographs and going to the cafe and, and popping heads up and stuff is probably Sam Kerr. I mean, can yeah. you think of any other Matilda that is profiled like Sam no. Kerr? No. So no, no, we think of Matildas and we think of Sam, Sam Kerr, Kerr, but it's not the only platform. It's not the oh, only no. part of the football landscape. But I think... Is that because we're West Australian? Because Ellie Carpenter has a high profile. Um, oh, Kaya yeah. Simon has a high profile. Who was on yeah. the cover of the FIFA Games? Yeah. Caitlin Ford. Caitlin Ford. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. Banging in goals yeah. for fun for, for Arsenal. Mm. You, you know, you've got Mackenzie Arnold starting in goals for West Ham. Yeah. You know, yeah. the... The thing is, though, if you're a centre forward... Oh, yeah. Hello. Hello. It's Hello. not about yeah. the one the saves the goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, coming from my end... I mean, oh, actually, I'm going to make a statement about centre forwards. Go on, then. <laughs> Go on, then. Old, I was one. <laughs> yep. I was the first centre forward um, for Australia, um, picked, um, and that was my bread and butter. Um, we've got uh, Lisa Devana, who yep. played centre forward slash left wing. Yep. We have Sandra Retnall, who's a forward. We have yep. Sharon Maddell, who's a forward. Um, 
Uh, who else? We Lydia got here, I think. Williams, goalkeeper. Can we claim her, even though she didn't actually play for West Australia or come into our club system? But she's from. No, West we, Australia. we can claim Mackenzie. I don't think we can claim Lydia. Mm. Yeah, I'm more talking about how many <laughs> forwards, goal scoring yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. But with the, tell the truth, with coaching and everything, I I like the grafters. I don't care because I used yep. to score the goals, and I thought, nah, I, I just wanted to play midfield. Because I wanted to be that person in everything, you know. So I, I taught myself midfield and I looked at the likes of Julie Dolan and Julie Clayton from WA thinking they're my heroes. Yep. There wasn't a centre forward. It was it was the, the defence, uh, the yeah. midfield team, you know. And then for me, it's Ellie Carpenter. Yep. Down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't speak more highly of her and... And Caitlin Ford. Yeah. Watch them and you go, oh, my God, they're machines. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, no. And by the by the way, we've produced a fair few really good goalkeepers too. I mean, Tracy oh, Wheeler. We Let's Tracy, Tracy Wheeler. <laughs> Tracy. And Zara Board and yep. Miranda Templeman. And as well Miranda's coming through. through. That's yep. right. Yeah. So, yep. So we've got, like, the top yep. end of the park and then the, the, the you know, rear end of the park. We've got that there was covered. Always, there was always one player. Her name was Maxine Sullivan. I could not understand how she never got picked for the Australian team. Wow. Uh, <laughs> position? Goalkeeper. Oh, okay. But maybe yeah, back then, Jay, maybe back then, it's not about, here, here's a ticket, fly over, we'll compensate you. Back then it was, oh, can yeah. I get time off work? Do I have kids? Yeah. Yep. Will my husband let me yeah. go? Yep. You know, it's pretty different. Yeah. No, I actually asked one day um, Jim Selby, and I said, "Why ain't you looking at her?" <laughs> I said, "Oh my God, she is so hard to get around." Just you know, and and he goes, "You know what he said?" And I was quite disappointed. He goes, "She was too flashy," and I went, "Flashy? Oh. oh my God!" <laughs> Louis Chilave, you know, come on, I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> said, a flashy goalkeeper—that's what you want. <laughs> keep yeah, keeping the ball out of the net. It's just a centre forward, and you call the flashy. Oh, she'd be this standard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I've flashy. seen I've seen more than a few male uh, stars doing the Sam Kerr backflip. So you know, <laughs> how flashy is that? Where the males yeah. are copying her celebrations. That's flash. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen one or two that haven't landed on their feet. I've seen one or two <laughs> haven't landed on their feet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's always fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Jay, before we let you go, your tips for the Women's World Cup? Oh, well, I've got tickets to the finals and semi, so I'm lucky. Good and work. The first game. Um, so, well, Matilda's, yay. Yay. So I'm thinking UK of the Dark Horse. Okay. They've got a couple of players back. Yep. Um, look, it's anyone's game. Um I'm liking Canada still because I think their coach is completely superb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and again, the Canadians, uh, current Olympic gold medalists. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they've they've not well the last three Olympic campaigns they've they've medaled in all of those back to back gold medals. So uh, again, I said it before on the show. I've got my tickets to see them, and that that, that can be great. Do you know what? There's so much more to, to explore there because C- Canada have some fantastic players, but they're 
the system is yep. a little bit broken at the moment. And, and that's that's mm. causing... Some, and this is another conversation that we can't have because we've got another guest coming yep. up. But I just wanted to say that, that Canada have some awesome players in their squad. Oh, yeah. And they're pioneers, right? And they've recognised yep. where they've come from and where the team needs to get to. And they, they want the players to have everything that everyone else has. But they can't give it just yet. So does that mean they should step out? Or they should step in. If just have a think about what Spain have done. They had fifteen players that stepped out because they didn't like the resource capacity or inequity. Mm-hmm. But some of them have stepped back in because they really wanted to play Women's World Cup. Yep. So they're yeah. they're part of. They want to be part of that journey, but they understand they need to make a stance. And I, I can't say anything more because we have to go to our next guest. To be continued. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you can come back and have another chat. Jay, thanks so much no, for thanks, joining us. We really do appreciate you, you coming on and sharing a bit Brilliant. of your story with us. Thank you. No problem, then. Thank you. Good on you. See you later. Ta-da. Okay. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. That was Jude Pettit, yep. Jay Pettit, uh, former Matilda, played in the 1978 tournament uh, alongside fantastic players yep. like uh, Canada Julie have, have, have only Rennell. have only not qualified for one World Cup, and that was the first one. So in, in again? Canada have qualified for every World Cup except for the first one. Yet, as you say, I mean, no. I, I, how how they've um, yeah dark horses under the radar call it whatever you like but <laughs> we're in for a treat when we see them play. We're going to go to a break and come back and chat more football with Peter Rickers. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle one hundred seven point nine FM. <sighs> Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening into the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, and we appreciate you tuning in. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's, and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth. Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Welcome back to the World Football Program 107.9 FM. If you miss any part of the show, don't worry. The podcast will land about an hour or so after the show finishes yep. on the worldfootballprogram.com.au website. Or find us on Spotify. We're Spotify artists. Yeah. Spotify. That's We're easy. Spot- technology, yeah. it's incredible. When we first started, there wasn't all this technology. Well, well yeah. you had to get on the bike and wind it up to get the electricity to work. 
I'm just wondering if there's even mobile phones around back then when we started. It was a few decades ago. <laughs> All that <laughs> analog tapes. All the analog tapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that those little cassettes. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got those. I, yeah. I recorded all the shows yeah. in that. Those little. Um, audio cassettes. Yep, because yeah. we are the longest running football program in Australia and we quite are. possibly the world. Yeah, actually, I saw a um, the part of the work that the State Library is doing, and they were interviewing people: Sandra Brentnell, um, uh, Tash Rigby, I mm-hmm. think uh, Tracy Wheeler, and um, Anna Dong was right. um, interviewed, and she put in a little blurb there, part of the women's uh, the the World Football Program team, and I thought, do you know what? Anna and myself were the only females that have any, ever been involved in the World Football Program Saturday morning soccer show as it was way back then in the, yep. in the 80s. And uh, look where Anna is now. Yep. It's, it made me feel so proud when I just saw that mm. little blurb about her. She's now working um, with the Matildas and just in the media there and I'm just, ha. Anyway, <laughs> move <laughs> So joining us now is Anna Dong. <laughs> Pete, Pete, good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good, Pen. Uh, welcome uh, to uh, listeners, and uh, good morning, everyone. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Pete. Um, retirement from the specialist program there at John Curtin. How's that feeling for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I was at a, a function on Thursday at the school, and uh, I, I did mention then that it, the, the transition being uh, not not simple. Um, it's difficult to walk away from something that uh, that you created in the first place, and uh, you have to hand over to someone else, but uh, it's in good hands now, so uh, hopefully it'll just continue on as it always has. Good. Are you involved in some capacity in like a crossover period for a certain amount of time? Yes, well, we did that. We've, we've been through that process uh, with, uh, with Gavin Brown, who's the uh, the new program director, uh, as he is. And, um, of course, Gavin's been my assistant for 10 years. So the handover really was quite simple because uh, he knows the program inside out. He's been there long enough. So uh, it'll just continue on. Tell us about the transition or progress of the program. How long has it been going and some of the things that you've noticed from when you created the program to what it's producing or what it's doing now? Yeah, look, it's, it's interesting given the, uh, the Women's World Cup's on at the moment. Uh, we, we planned the program in, uh, in, in 1989 took our first student in in 1990. And um, whilst we were really very pleased with the number of applicants that we had and, and the way it grew in a very short space of time, those first few years, we, we didn't have any females in the program. Uh, we quite simply didn't even have any female applicants uh, wow. in the program. Wow. But uh, it, it's interesting now, given what's been in the papers just recently, uh, particularly with Tanya Oxtoby, mm-hmm. um, Tanya and uh, and three other girls were the first girls that came in at the beginning of the program and then continued right the way through to finish the program after after what was five years then at high school. Of course, it's six now. Um, and those, those girls were real uh, trailblazers in, well, in themselves at the time. They probably didn't realise it as 12 and 13-year-olds. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting the way that uh, Tanya particularly has progressed. Absolutely. Well, working with Chelsea, professional coaching capacity. Yep. Um, one of, I believe, one of three Indigenous uh, West Australians that's represented uh, Western Australia. So that would be um, Linda Kelly, Selena Holtz and Tanya Oxtoby. Um, and Tanya played Western Waves as well. Um, she certainly did, yes, yes. Yeah, and I think she played Perth Glory. She, she did. She, she did. She was, she was captain of the Perth Glory initially, yes. 
Yep, so um, it's pretty pretty amazing journey that she's had to. I'd love to pin her down for a chat, and she's got to be coming to us. Yeah, you, you, I think you'd be lucky, Pen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, I think too that um, you know, given that she was a child that came from Karatha, uh, initially came down and boarded when she uh, came to the school, which I, I can imagine wouldn't have been too easy. Uh, ultimately, mum and dad followed, followed her down, and. Um, you know, I think it's always better for kids if they're, they're living in a, a home environment wherever possible. Uh, but, you know, to combat those sorts of things and uh, and do what she's done, uh, not only in football, she's a very intelligent girl. She's a university qualified uh, sports psychologist as well. Um, you know, she's a very able girl. Absolutely, a- absolutely. And it's wonderful seeing her team up at Chelsea with uh, Sam Kerr. Um, mm. I mean, Sam Kerr is such a global phenomenon now, Um it's, it's synonymous with Australia, Matilda's, that Sam Kerr. Um, well, kind of it's branding, really, isn't it? You think of Matilda's and you think of <laughs> Sam Kerr. It's like Sam Kerr's like the Matilda's brand, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, Ben, it's, it, it's, it's interesting for me and I think for other people that perhaps had uh, seen Sam growing up and, and coming through the system, that she, she's a girl that's always been in our backyard. Yep. yep. And, uh, and for her to, uh, to be dominating women's football, particularly with the headlines... Uh, it's wonderful to see from someone that we've we've known for such a long, long time, and it probably didn't come as a surprise to to some of us. No, no, no. No, it's it'd be nice to see more local players, Perth local players, that landing on that world stage in some capacity. Um, I mean, if we think of the national squad right now, as in the senior Matildas, we think of Sam Kerr. Um, yep. I don't think there's any other players on the fringes that I know of. And then we think next to you down, young Matildas and junior Matildas, and then we start to add in more players uh, there. Yeah. And we've got a you know, stack here that playing in Perth Glory and the Hannah Lowry's and so forth. That mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did mention at the function on Thursday that um, while Sam's been in the headlines uh, of late, she is the most recent West Australian to play for the Matildas. Um, she's been in that squad now for, for in excess of 10 years. Um, my as, as a development coach, I ask the question: Who's next? Yeah, um, yeah. We we we, ha- we are fortunate at the moment that we we've had uh, two or three in each of the young Matildas and the junior Matildas. Mm-hmm. Um, for us now, it's to see if, if what 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 can we do in a football community as a football community to ensure that we we have others that can make that step from uh, from that representative underage. Uh, environment through to uh, the former Tilda squad because uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, we kind of touched on that a little bit with uh, Jay Pettit. We, we did, yeah. just talked to earlier and she's played for Australia and uh, Victoria and, and Australia in the early 70s. I'm not sure if it was... Yes, mm. 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, and maybe even 90s too. I think she spent a few decades of playing there with a very long career. But um, yeah, we talked about you know what's the system here? Yeah. How do we... How do we get the the best out of the, the best platform for players? Is there a system? How do we get them playing for Western Australia so we don't have? Well, I, yeah. I suppose how we don't need to bring in so many international players to fill the spaces here. That's what we want, really. We want good foundations and a system. Well, it, it's interesting. I know uh, Michaela, Michaela, Michaela Lyons is uh, at Notre Dame. Uh, completing her PhD, wow. and the PhD is is currently in women's football pathways mm. uh, and examining those pathways. So I, I think that's well timed, uh, given that she's looking at what we can do in a positive, concrete sense 
to uh, help progress these these young talented females that we have go right the way through, not part the way through. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what she comes up with. Yes, and I think Michaela might be involved with the State Library um, panel discussion that's coming up on July 13. Good, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good to see um, discussions happening locally about uh, where we've come from and, you know, where we're at and where we're going to. Women's World Cup's been a, a great facilitator. Uh, certainly has, yes. It's uh, certainly served a function in that way. Yep. Um, now, Pete, we did need to talk about the July 15 soccer festival that's coming up. Tell us about that. Yep. Well, it was initially uh, an initiative uh, from a, a local fellow called Brian Smith. Um, some people may know in local football. Uh, Brian came up with the idea, took it to the local councils. The, the Fremantle Council and Melville Council have, have gotten behind it. Um, really, uh, again, on the back of the Women's World Cup, to have an event solely for, for young girls and for young women uh, to uh, promote the event in the lead-up to the World Cup. So um, the, the event actually runs over the 15th and the 16th. Um, the 15th down at Fremantle Oval, um, pretty much an all-day event through the daylight hours, um, an inter-club event, five-a-side on, on small fields. Uh, clubs are invited to uh, submit uh, a couple of teams with maximum of eight in a squad. And um, we've got under-10s, under-12s, under-14s, under-16s and senior women's teams that will play throughout the day on the, on the 15th. Wow. Uh, the more successful ones, uh, the, the, the clubs that show that they're um, across the board are doing pretty well, are invited to play 11-a-side games on the following day on the 16th. Uh, that's at Tompkins Park. So um, that's a, a fortnight from today that begins and uh, looks like we there's going to be around about 350 you know, girls and women uh, at Fremantle Oval throughout the day. And wow. is, it, is it too late to, uh, if someone's listening and wants to have a go, can they still register and enter? Uh, it would probably need to go to Brian. Uh, Brian <laughs> is using a, a fellow that you that most people would know, Tony Carvajal. Uh, Tony very, very heavily involved in, in primary school football and, uh, and women's football here in WA. Uh, Tony's doing the fixturing uh, and, uh, and looking after the, uh, the, the grounds on the day. Um, whether those fixtures are, are fully set, I could say for sure. Okay. But uh, certainly we've been well subscribed. Just for your listeners, you can go to the community soccer page. So it's actually called the Festival of Community Soccer, 15th and 16th Correct. of July. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lovely web page. Mm. And um, local... Aboriginal artist Melissa Spillman, who plays for Mandra. Mandra City. Yeah, yeah. I knew you like that. Yeah. She's done all the artwork there. And I know Mel, I coached her in her younger days, and she's doing a little bit of artwork for me too in a new women's soccer website. So you see it pop up. But um, yep, all the artwork there, you know, you've got the right page, the Festival of Community Soccer. And I guess if you follow the links there, it does say register now on there. The badge mm. hasn't gone off the website. No, no, no. So, <laughs> I just clicked on that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Registering as we speak. It's quick. And Lisa Devana is um, one of the ambassadors there, along with Tash Rigby, and it's the Lisa Devana Cup trophy that's being played wow. for. Wow. Yes, a lovely trophy, actually. Yeah, mm. And it was uh, made by the uh, Fremantle Men's Head. Very kindly made by them. So the little connection there, and uh, they've been very supportive of, of what we do. Um, I think it's just wonderful to see different parts mm. of the community, and I know that the uh, the mayors of the two councils really see this as a, a as an, an opportunity to bring the community together uh, under the guise of, uh, of football. So um, I think it, it promises to be a really good uh, weekend of football. 
Excellent. Um, what are you, besides this um, event, Pete, what are you filling your space with now <laughs> post uh, John Curtin program? <laughs> Sleep in. Um, Is there any space? Yeah, look, it, it's um, a lot to do with uh, with school sport in general. Um, okay. Some people may know that I'm, I'm president of school sport, um, have been for, for the last six years or so. Uh, it's an organisation of volunteer school teachers that run run sports uh, both in the primary and the secondary sector. Now we've uh, we've got about six and a half thousand volunteer teachers that run our events, um, and of course, whilst football is certainly one of our, our bigger events, uh, our biggest sports, we, we're running twenty sports um, in both the primary, secondary sector, male and female. So uh, we're catering for about a hundred thousand students a year. <laughs> With our events, um, and I was very fortunate to be at the closing ceremony for the uh, Senior High Schools Country Week yesterday, yesterday afternoon, where um, we've had a week of sport where all the uh, the country schools come and visit the metropolitan area, yep. as they have been doing for about 95 years. Yep. And um, we had to show our 4,000 students here for the week, and uh, culminated with the uh, the finals and the, the closing ceremony yesterday at uh, at Challenge Stadium. So we we you know we've with all of those things going on, um, my regular commitments uh, in terms of our hostings that we, we usually have about three or four sports we host a year. Um, so I'm I'm pretty busy. I'm pretty busy in that <laughs> volunteer capacity uh, with those sorts of things. How's the alignment to the club systems going, Pete? You know, use of the facilities and resources, etc., and sharing them. Yeah, yeah look, it, it's it, it's the thing I think that um, it, it, it needs somebody to grab hold of. We we know that, particularly in older areas, there's not going to be any more public open space than what there is. Yep. Um, but at the same, by the same token, we've we've got hundreds of schools, both in the private and the mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, the government sector, that, whose facilities are certainly underused on a, a Saturday and a yep. Sunday. Yep. The, the the problem, as I see, um, is somebody to coordinate something like that because it would take a degree of coordination. But with, with most schools, and my, my school is a perfect example of it, is that we don't have lights, so it, yep. it's of limited use in terms of midweek. Um, but most of the change rooms uh, and the toilet facilities are inside the school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, of course, the schools are you know, obviously concerned about security, course, and, uh, yeah. as they should be. And so access to, to facilities on the side of the playing fields is, is something that I think if, if government and local government could come together, uh, particularly for any new builds, and there's new schools being built all the time, mm. um, that they could consider how, how a community can use school facilities and how that can be facilitated in the, in the easiest way, um, keeping everybody happy. Um, and that, that, for me, uh, it must be a way forward. And, of course, it brings communities into schools, which, yeah. which I think is a, a, a thing that should be happening anyway. Yeah, it's a difficult, um, a difficult uh, mesh there because, as we know, um, the school pitch is looked after, but, like you say, the access to that pitch, mm. um, you know, I remember when I was growing up, we'd have to jump the fence to, to, to practice to, yeah. on, on the school pitch. It's like, mm. you know, and a couple of times there, the, the ranger came along and went, oi, off you go. Off you go, yeah. Um, and it's like, hang yeah. on a minute, the, the, this is... A facility that is free of charge. It's it's in good nick. We're not destroying it, but it was, 
as he told us, private property on your bike, yeah. which yeah. which we had. <laughs> we had the bikes there on your bike and go home. I was like, okay, no yeah. worries. It's going yeah, to get used. It's going to get overused too. Sorry. Yeah, well, look, you have to you have to be mindful of overuse. Yes, mm. um, and certainly a school like John Curtin that's got you know 150 kids in a football program training four hours on that pitch every <laughs> every week. Mm. That's a bit different, but yeah. that that's not the case at most schools. No, and and the vast majority of schools don't have a fence around them. Um, a lot of a lot of communities will see that space as a public open space. Yeah. Yep, but it does need to be managed. Um, whether it's from a uh, a car parking situation or, or whether it's for the access to toilets and change rooms it's uh, it's something that needs a plan uh, and somebody whose role uh, it is to facilitate that because uh, otherwise we'll just continue to talk about it as we have done for the last 20 years <laughs> and uh, and no progress will be made yep so what involvement do you have with the women's world cup pete well, apart from being a very avid spectator, uh, not too much. I uh, was desperately trying to get tickets for, for over east as well for the games that Australia played in. There, uh, I've been singularly unsuccessful, but I do have, t- <laughs> I do have tickets for the uh, for the games that are played here. Yep, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing those. I don't think you'll be singularly un, um, no, unsuccessful. I think mm. there'll be lots of people that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's nice though, isn't it? That they're they're all sold out. I mean, that's that's great. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, and again, yes. it was nice when we, when they uh, moved stadiums because they uh, they were oversubscribed. Mm. It's like oh, we, we'll we'll go to a, a a stadium we think we can fill. Oops, we filled it. What do we do now? Move to a bigger stadium. So yeah, yeah. No, I think that was a, a positive move. Yeah. Uh, by, by the organisers, and um, yeah, look, I, I I still think that. That there are people out there that don't quite realise that not nope. people don't quite realise number one how many people are going to watch this, yes. how many will watch it live, and most certainly how many will watch it around the world on the television. Mm. Um, and my my understanding it'll be it'll be the third largest event sporting event uh, of its kind yep. in history uh, in terms of uh, you know the, the number of people watching. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, once, you know, we're, 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 it's once in a lifetime for us, Penn, isn't it? It's not, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not likely to come here anytime soon, well, although I would love to see a men's event here. Yep, yep. Um, there's a lot of things in, in that conversation. And once FIFA sorted out their broadcasting stuff, a lot of people took up um, the, the deals and there's like Fox and Optus and all the commentary teams uh, being selected. I think Tanya Oxby's actually on one of the commentary she teams, is. Mm-hmm. which oh, is the fantastic. One, I think. Oh, no, is it? Or the Channel 7 one? Channel 7, I mean. Channel 7, yeah. Channel 7, yeah. I mean, isn't it great um, that we have to... You have know, to think which, yeah. which one she's on? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, but, uh, yeah, and multiple ways to be involved, too. Like, I'm yep. volunteering. A lot of people I know said, well, how did you how did you get involved in that? And I said, well, they they put out a call <laughs> um, at some mm. point. I'm, I, you know, I'm on the social platforms all the time, so I, I picked it up. So, and they're like, how do we get in? Like, but it's closed, but... Um, actually, they're still letting some volunteers in. So, um, you know, we're, we're sharing it. And personally, I'm happy to be at the games behind the scenes because that's my thing. I like to do that. And I'll go and watch yeah. the games because yeah. of the broadcasting. So mm. everyone gets to see it and yeah. be involved in yeah. some way. Yeah, no, I was on the other side. I want to I be in the seat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, mate. So, so I had the, had the same option that you did, Pen. I was like, yeah, do you want to... And you've asked me a couple of times, why didn't you volunteer? Oh, no, I want to watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. lazy so-and-so, Huey. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just my... Take on now, Pete. Before we let you go, your tips for the Women's World Cup. Ah, look, this is an interesting conversation I've had with numerous people. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not, the, the thing for me is that 
in, in order for the, the interest to continue, I think it's important that Australia um, get out of that group, yep. uh, that, that they qualify for the knockouts. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, that then depends upon first and second positions in the other groups as well yep. as, to, as to who we finish up drawn against. Um, once we're into the knockouts, anything can happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to the fact that Australia will, will at least uh, qualify for the last four again in the semis. And I think that would be a tremendous outcome. Uh, and, and, again, once they're there, then on the day, That's it. Uh, anything could happen. Semi-final, once you're there. So um, your answer was? Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who are they yeah. going to be playing against, Pete? Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> We, look, we know who's going to be in the mix. Nice we, yeah, yeah, we know there's European sides very strong. England, yep. uh, fantastic, strong. Uh, how how wonderful would it be to see England play Australia in a in a knockout fixture? Well, I've, um, I've had a look. At, there's the the opportunity that the round of sixteen is going to be Australia versus England. I'd like to see us playing okay. a team that we haven't yet played. That is a bit of a dark horse. That's what I'd like to see for entertainment value. Okay. Yeah. Look, I think there's lots of interesting things going on. I, I think it's wonderful that um, Anna Stadjic's managed to qualify yeah. to yeah. the Pino team. Um, what, what a story that is in yes. itself, yeah. in, in lots of different ways. Yes. Oh, um, please don't start that story. We have to let <laughs> you go. <laughs> Pete, we, we are going to have to let you go. I really appreciate your time today, and you put so much into football, and I know that there's plenty more that you'll be putting into it through school sports and other avenues to make use of all that experience you've got. Well done. Lovely. Look, it'd be great to see people down on the 15th and 16th. Come and enjoy the day. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Pete. Have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, you too, guys. Bye-bye. See you. Ta-da. That was Peter Rickers, yeah. uh, president of School Sports and uh, outgoing um, John Curtin, uh, facilitator, coordinator, creator. Officer. Officer. Yeah. officer. Everyone's an officer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thanks so much for being part thanks, of the ben. show today. We're handing over to um, Lynn and Bags Groove and Celtic Rambles or Celtic Rambles. Celtic uh, Rambles. They're finishing up soon, so please do listen into that program. They? Yeah, they are. Oh. Okay. What are you going to do? You've done a great job, guys. Hooroo. Come again. Please do come again. Thanks for listening in, everyone. Listen to the podcast. See ya. <laughs> Ha 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 